0: Thanks for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and you're listening to I Want to Be A, a show where we walk our starry-eyed job seekers through the reality of how to get their dream jobs or careers. And today, we are talking about human resources manager positions. And joining us, we have Susan Minter, and she is the Human Resources Director from Pewaukee School District. So thank you for joining us today, Susan.
1: Thank you, Katie. Thank you for inviting me to join you.
0: So what kind of attracted you to being in human resources and how did you get into it?
1: Well, I've been in human resources for 28 years. So interestingly enough is I came into this career when it really wasn't called human resources. It really was more a vague category called personnel. Mm -hmm. So I loved the business world, but I also loved working with people. So I wanted to find a career that would meld the two things together. I knew I didn't want to be an accountant. I knew I didn't want to do sales. I really wanted to work with people. So that's what attracted me towards working in personnel or human resources.
0: All right. So it wasn't really that you always knew you wanted to be in human resources specifically, but that's just kind of what was the best of both worlds for you.
1: That's exactly right. So that's what led me to really look towards that. Because at the time when I graduated from college, there were no human resources degrees or particular specialties like that. That wasn't created yet. This was in the mid 1980s. So really, that was just an infancy as far as human resources. It's much different now. But that was the best of both worlds for me.
0: And speaking of specialties, I know that you can be a human resources generalist, a specialist, or a recruiter. Mm -hmm. And those all kind of fall under that human resources umbrella. So could you kind of walk us through what the difference is between a generalist, a specialist, and a recruiter is?
1: Sure. Actually, I started out as a a recruiter and I spent the first part of my career specializing in recruitment. So in that role, you're really concentrating just on hiring. Mm -hmm. In my case, I did some hiring for a healthcare industry where I did all kinds of different hiring. And then I also worked for a hospitality company where I did mainly management hiring. Mm-hmm. So other specialists might be in where you specialize just in benefits and compensation or you specialize in loss management like a worker's compensation. A generalist is what I am today. And a generalist mm-hmm. concentrate, I mean, you have aspects of all of those types of things. So I do hiring, I do benefits, I do employee relations, I do labor relations. So I have my hands in all different types of pockets. Now, that also means that I don't have a huge in-depth knowledge of everything, whereas a specialist might have a real in-depth knowledge of benefits. But I have knowledge in all different types of buckets of human resources, if that makes
0: sense. It does. So as a generalist, what does your typical day look like if you're working on, you know, everything?
1: Gosh, it really depends. I view myself as a support position for the employees of the organization. So, you know, I might have a day scheduled where I want to work on certain projects or get certain things done, but that can change very quickly because if an employee walks into my office and I generally have my door open 90% of the time, that employee becomes my priority or that manager becomes my priority. So I always put people at the top of my list of what I need to do for the day. So, a typical day might be, you know, might become very different from where I had planned out my day from the beginning of it. I generally have meetings throughout the day with different managers. I generally have projects that I'm working on ongoing. And then, like I said, I have last minute things that come up throughout the day. People get married, people have problems, they need to see me about, you know, leave of absence, you name it. I'm, you know, responsive to that. So, that's what attracts me to this job is that every day is different and it, you never know what's going to change the next minute.
0: Right. And speaking of that change, when you're in human resources, does your industry kind of make it dependent on what you do during the day? Or is it kind of just, you know, human resources is the same throughout all industries.
1: No, I think it's very different. Every organization is different as mm-hmm. well. So the expectations for the human resources professional really depends on the role that they play in that organization. You know, I make myself available to the supervisors, managers, employees, et cetera. Some people prefer to have the supervisors deal with employees directly. So it really depends on how your philosophy towards human resources is. Like I said, I, I view myself as a support to all individuals. So I want people coming to me to, to seek my help and I will send them to the right person or get the answer that they need. But it really depends on the organization and how, that, how that's set up. If it's a if it's a large organization where there's many human resources professionals, then you're going to have specialists. So if you you know you're going to go to the compensation specialist if you need to talk about your pay, and you're going to see another person if you want to talk about a leave of absence. So whereas for me, I'm it. So they anybody who needs help with human resources stuff comes to me.
0: So what skills are essential for a successful career as a human resources manager?
1: You need to have exceptional communication skills, both oral and written. You need to be extremely flexible. Again, being able to prioritize from one minute to the next on what needs to be done. I think you need to be empathetic, but you also need to be, be able to separate the emotion from the legal aspects of the job.
0: Mm-hmm. In your experience, is there a lot of the emotional side to being in human resources because you you obviously you deal with you know people who have to take leave of absence because you know someone is deathly ill in their family or things like that or you know they're moving on to a different organization is that something that you handle a lot or is it just here and there interspersed throughout
1: sure i have lots of people that come in and they're very upset for one reason or another they have personal issues going on they have things happening in their job One of the first questions I'll ask people, though, is, do you want me to do something about this or do you just want me to listen? Because sometimes people just want to talk and they don't really want me to take action. So, for example, somebody's unhappy with the person that they're working next to. Do you want me to take action? Well, no, I don't really want you to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Okay, Then my role is just to listen and maybe give them some advice. Years ago, you know, when I was early on in my career, I'd always want to solve everything. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people don't want things solved. They just want to talk about it. And sometimes just talking through things is enough to work through their problems. So I think that listening skills and really determining whether or not the person really wants you to help them or whether you just need to listen to them.
0: Is there a certain personality that you see a lot of successful human resources professionals having? I know you mentioned you know, being empathetic, but I mean, do you really have to be you know, kind of outgoing and chatty or can you still be more reserved and kind of quieter and be successful in HR?
1: I don't think there's one necessarily type of personality that works. I see all good for types of personality, but I think innately you have to be able to relate to a lot of different personalities. Mm-hmm. This doesn't mean you need to like everybody or be everybody's best friend, because that certainly doesn't work well in this this profession, but it does mean you need to have empathy and be able to sit and listen carefully to what people are telling you. And sometimes you have to be able to hear what they're not telling you and figure out what they really are trying to get across to you. And that's something you can't teach people. They either know how to do it or they don't. So in other words, if you come in here and you start talking, I might have to get you talking for a while to get to the real issue. Mm-hmm. What you thought was the real issue isn't the real issue. Now let's get down to the real issue and let's figure it out. So I don't think outgoing is necessarily the right. I don't consider myself completely outgoing. It takes me a while sometimes to be with new people. And I don't think that's unusual for a lot of people. Right. But I do consider myself a good listener. And so I do want to be approachable. Maybe that's the right term. Mm-hmm. You need to be approachable so that people feel comfortable coming and talking to you.
0: I think that you, you make a really good point that you need, people need to be able to feel comfortable so they can come and talk to you. So what do you love about your career? You know, you've talked a lot about, you know, loving to work with people, but you also like business. Is there anything more to being in HR that you really, truly love?
1: I think the satisfaction of hiring the right people in the right seats. Okay. So when you... See, for example, you know, I work in the school district. So when I hire a great teacher who can really make a difference for students, there's nothing more gratifying. Knowing that I had a very small part in that success is gratifying to me. So anytime I can know that I have people that are in the organization doing the right work in the right jobs and helping to make the organization a success, That's what I love about this
0: career. So on the flip side of that, is there anything that you don't particularly like or dislike about being in HR, something that you find extremely challenging?
1: Probably very difficult employee relations situations where Mm -hmm. it's very emotional, where people can't see past the emotion and cannot make logical choices. It's very difficult. So for example, you know, if I come to the point where I have to terminate an employee for various reasons, that's not an easy decision. That's not something I take lightly and it's not something that I enjoy doing. Do I know when we get down to that point, is it necessary? Yes. Do I enjoy doing it? No. It's never fun to take away a job from someone. And it's also very difficult because it should never be a surprise to an employee when you get to the to the termination part of it. Right. But it, when those situations become extremely emotionally charged, it's very difficult. It's very hard to stay calm and collected during those situations.
0: And I, I've never been there, but I can, I can only imagine. So is that something that you do often? I mean, just for people who are, might be thinking about getting into human resources, how often does that kind of thing happen?
1: Hopefully no more than a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. You know, again, if you're hiring the right people and you're doing the right work, you're giving people regular feedback and those types of things that you should never have to get to that situation or or very seldom, but sometimes it becomes, you know, necessary. And you're not doing the organization a favor by keeping people in the wrong seats or keeping people that are ineffective for the organization either. So you have to balance that and just say that sometimes you have to help people realize that this is not the organization for them or it's not the job for them. Right. And that that can be very difficult. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so we've talked a lot about what you need to do when you're in human resources. So let's talk about the educational background. So what kind of degree is ideal or necessary? I know that you mentioned when you were getting started, there wasn't really any a degree or certifications. Are those available now for people to Absolutely.
1: go out and get? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would highly recommend that somebody look at, you know, a degree in human resources. I have an undergraduate degree in actually I have three majors. I have psychology, sociology, and anthropology mm-hmm. um, with a minor in business. So that was my, I guess, my way of getting a human resources degree before it even existed. Right. I probably use the psychology part of things more than anything else. And then I have, I subsequently went back five years ago and started my master's degree and then finished a master's degree in human resources from Penn State University. So I don't necessarily know if everyone needs a graduate degree to get their first job in human resources. It really depends on what you're going to specialize in. But it was something that I really felt was valuable to me at this point in my career.
0: Do you see a lot of internship opportunities available for you know, students or professionals that are looking to get into human resources these days?
1: You know, I don't know what's available out there. I do know that I have an intern working with me right now and he's wonderful, by the way, <laughs> and he contacted me, and I've never really thought about doing an internship, but I, I love the experience. I think it's great, and I hope to be able to do that in the future as well. So you know, hopefully he's finding it valuable as well. But I know that it's helpful if you get some type of experience or something along the way. I did not have it along the way. I know it was very difficult for me to find my first human resources job because I didn't have any experience. So I would think that getting an internship would certainly help.
0: Sure. Now, once you're in the role and you're in human resources, are there any certifications that would kind of help you keep going um, on your career path? I think, you know, continuing education credits. I've heard something about um, the HRCI organization.
1: Yes, I think very highly of the HRCI. They have two certifications. Mm -hmm. They have professional and human resources and then a senior professional in human resources. I've been certified through that organization since 1997. They require 60 hours of continuing education every three years. So it's a fair amount of you know, responsibility to keep that certification mm-hmm. up. The original qualification required a four-hour exam that tested your knowledge in all different types of areas. It was pretty, pretty rigorous as mm-hmm. far as getting that certification. So I really think highly of that. And I know that that certification sort of proves to employers that you have a good base of knowledge.
0: Can you do that when you're still in school or if you're changing careers? Is that something you can do before you're actually in a human resources position? You usually have to have at
1: least 18 months or two years to go for the PHR. So I think you have to have some human resources experience. If I'm correct, Mm -hmm. I'd have to check. But I think you have to have some experience in there, but then once you're in, in a career, then it is something that you definitely want to think about doing because as you move up in your career, it's something that can really help you get a foot in the door. It's something that's very respected. It's, it's on, I always like to say it's on par with like being a, a CPA if you're an accountant. It's mm-hmm. something that everybody in your industry knows, they recognize it and they know that it takes a lot to, to keep Okay. to get and to keep.
0: Speaking of keeping this, you said you have to have 60 hours every three years. So where do you go to obtain these hours? Is it just, do you have to go to like your local college or are there webinars that are like HRCI certified? How does that really work?
1: You can go to conferences, you can go to conventions. I know I am belong to the Society for Human Resource Management. Mm-hmm. It's a national organization and they have a Wisconsin chapter. So their state chapters having their annual conference in October. So that's something that I try to get to at least once every other year. And they have wonderful seminars and conferences as far as getting education. they are also, you can go and take courses through vendors. You can take online credits. You can take webinars. SHRM, the Society of Human Resource Management, has all kinds of different Avenues for you to get continuing education credits. So it's not too difficult to find it. It's just a matter of finding the time to do it and really gaining the knowledge and getting those, keeping those credits current.
0: Right. It does sound like they make it quite easy to find the places to go to get those credits. But like you said, it's finding that time. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into the process of applying for jobs and interviewing. And I imagine since you're in HR, there's a little bit of an expectation that you should be good at interviewing because this is, might be what you do. Is that actually the case?
1: No, I actually find it very awkward to interview because I'm usually on the other side of the table asking the questions. Mm -hmm. The last time I I went through a job interview, I found it extremely awkward because I'm used to being the other side. Now, I do sort of have an advantage because I kind of can guess some of the questions they might ask. Yeah. It is very different and you think to yourself, wow, I wish I was the one asking the questions because it's a lot more difficult to answer them than it is to ask them. So sometimes it can be a disadvantage because you're used to being the one asking the questions.
0: Do you have any tips for as you know, a human resources professional for interviewing when you're, from when you're on the other side of the table from where you normally are? Um, you know, what kind of tips or pieces of advice would you give people?
1: You know, It's a lot like the advice I would give to anybody who's interviewing for a job. Mm-hmm. Number one, nowadays there is no excuse for not doing some research about the organization that you're going to interview before you go to that interview. You know, when I think about when I started my career, I didn't have the internet. So it was very difficult to find information about a job, but there's absolutely no excuse for not researching that company and that organization, finding out how many employees they have, what locations they have. And so you can sort of anticipate perhaps the types of human resources issues that they might face when you're going in for that interview. And you you can sort of weave that information then into your answers when you're answering your questions. Well, I see on your website that you have you know, 500 employees, well, you must have, you know, must be difficult, to, you know, to have the staffing of that level Mm -hmm. and those types of things. So that research is absolutely critical. The other thing you need to do is to brush up and make sure that you know all your laws. Do you know your family medical leave law? Do you know all of the equal employment opportunity laws? Do you know all your current laws that you're going to need as a human resource professional? If you're in the job day to day, it's not difficult, but if you're coming out of school, just make sure you know all of it so that they they throw questions in like that that you can spit back out the information
0: and where can you find information on those laws?
1: It's available right on government websites. Mm-hmm. It's freely available. If you belong to SHRM, that's available there as well. But any of the government websites will have all the information on there. So not difficult to find the information at all
0: all right. And you know, when it comes to salary, what kind of um numbers can people kind of expect to see? when they're getting into this or, you know, established later on?
1: That's a very difficult question to answer. And I think it's a lot like other careers, Mm -hmm. where it really depends on the type of job that you apply for. So public sector might be different than private sector. A specialist might pay very different than a generalist. A large company might pay different than a a small organization. So I think it's very difficult to, to give you a range of salary that you could expect for every job that you might have coming into that. Vague answer, but that's the best I can do.
0: Well, thank you. So what about some factors that might increase one's salary over time?
1: I think, number one, if, you know, the size of the organization that you're going to work for, the type level of responsibility that you're responsible for. So for example, if you move up from, say, a specialist position, let's say you're a recruiter, and then you get promoted to being a manager where you have more overall responsibility for a department, you'd you'd expect a compensation increase. Mm -hmm. If you're moving into a director level where you're impacting strategic decisions throughout the organization, you could expect a compensation increase. So really, it's the level of influence that you have with the organization that you're working for. So for example, my position as a director, I impact at the strategic level of the organization. So I'm responsible for workforce development and engagement across the organization. So that has a different level of responsibility than somebody who's coming in as an
0: entry level. Right. That makes sense. Now, if you had to do this all over again, would you choose the same path? And why would you choose that path?
1: I probably, if I had to do this all over again, I probably wouldn't change a whole lot. I Mm -hmm. might change some of the jobs that I took along the way, I mean, I didn't love every job that I had, but I learned a lot from the jobs that I had. Right. Would I have chosen a different career? No. I can't imagine doing anything else. I believe that this is the right career for me. I think, again, it's a wonderful meld of business and people, and I love both those aspects. And I don't think I want to do anything else for the rest of my career.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that you found something that is really perfect for you and it really speaks to what you um, value and the things that you hold true to your heart. Now, if you were in the shoes of the job seeker, what advice do you wish someone would have told you back when you were getting started that you wish you would have known when you're getting started?
1: I think the most critical thing, as I said before, is having those skills to really listen to employees Mm -hmm. and not just rush to action. And that is one of the most difficult parts of being in human resources, really determining when to take action or what action to take as a result of something somebody tells you. Like I said, it took me a long time to learn that that not everything needs to be fixed and not mm-hmm. everything can be fixed. Sometimes people just need to talk to someone and you really have to learn when to keep things confidential, when it needs to go up the up the ladder what action to take, and to to think things through carefully before you rush into action. So that's been probably the most valuable lesson that I've learned in my career is really figuring out carefully, like I said, what actions to take and when, and really listening to people and listening to what they need and want.
0: Well, there you have it, everyone. But unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for today on I Want to Be A. So I just want to thank Susan for joining us and sharing her expert advice. We really do appreciate it. Well, thank you, Katie. It was a pleasure to speak with you today. Now to find more employment-related shows, head over to ljnradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, send me an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com or send me a tweet at the LJN on Twitter. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I'll see you next time.